I was just, um, uh, we were talking online uh, about the service today, the, and he, they're in Las Vegas right now. He told me just two days ago, they rescued a girl who's a pastor's daughter. It affects everyone, doesn't it? And he was so excited that they were able to reach this girl who was wayward from her family, and her family was praying for her, and they were able to, to find her. And, and uh, it, what they're doing is, it, it's just like what Pastor Brandon said, it's, it's in our country. We, we don't necessarily see it, but it's there. And I'm so thankful for the many ministries, specifically the Bartels and Free International, that are doing an absolutely outstanding job in those areas of reaching um, those and, and rescuing them from such a, a, a horrible life. God is good, isn't he? And I love what, I love what um, the Bartels said there. I love what Michael said there, where it's, it's about one person. It's about one life. It's about a soul. And that, listen, if I can share anything with you about missions, it's about people. Jesus came for people. I mean, as you look at all the posters <laughs> around the sanctuary today, it's all about people that Jesus came for. And I know for me, when I became a follower of Christ at age 16, I really wasn't aware of, of missions. And, and, and I knew people lived around the world, but it wasn't until I heard missionaries speak on what they were doing and how they were reaching people around the world that it began to touch my heart because I was just apathetic. It's not that I didn't care. It's just, you know, I was just apathetic to what was going on around our world because how many know it's so easy to live within our world and to live within our tunnel and what's going on around us, and we forget there's a whole world around us that's dying and lost, that needs a Savior. And, and I don't want just this mission celebration week, just this week, just to be our only reminder that, that, that we support 65 different missionaries and mission agencies. Um, I want us to, to be on mission. I want our life to be a mission. And what I want to share with you this morning is the calling of the church I, I feel so deep within my spirit that our church has lost its way. We've got so sidetracked on so many things that aren't essential to the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And I believe when that happens, we, be, we begin to lose the sensitivity of what Jesus has originally called all of us to do. Missions and missionaries aren't for the varsity team. They're not the elite Christians. Christ calls all of us to missions. Christ gives us that calling to, to reach our world with his wonderful message. And what I want to do for you today, I'm, 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 what I'm praying for today for our church is that our calling to missions, missions is one of the four core values of our church. It's essential to our church because this is the mandate that Jesus has set for the church. I believe when we can grasp the mission calling, it'll change the way you live your everyday life. It will protect us. It will put guardrails up in our lives from going too far this way or too far that way or going down rabbit trails. And Jesus specifically told us what we are to do. Jesus gave us our purpose. He gave us our calling. And he told us what the message would be. So there's nothing that Jesus hid from us or that's obscure that we should know what we should be doing as a church. So my heart for you today is that we would get on mission, that, that Jesus would recalibrate our heart 
to what's most important. Here's the words that Jesus gives us in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus comes and, and he shares with his disciples, you know, he's getting ready to leave and he's going to tell them, this is, what, this is what your pursuit is now. This is what I've called you to do. This is how I've trained you. And I'm going to tell you what you need to do. So he comes to his disciples and he told them, I've given you all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Every people group God cares about. Every nation. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am always, always with you to the end of the age. Now, Many of us have heard this great commissioning message that Jesus gives his disciples, but I want you to realize that the message of Jesus Christ is not complicated, church. Let's not make it more complicated than it is. Let's not get off on things that we shouldn't be into. Let's come back to the message, the gospel message. Church, I've been speaking to you for year after year after year, the gospel-centered message. Let's not use it. The gospel-centered message is what you will unite us. It's going to carry us forward, and it will glorify Christ in all we do. It's the gospel message. So we need to be gospel-centered people. We need to be a gospel-centered church. Let's not sway from the message that Jesus gives to us. And so what Jesus does is he comes into our world. What's his purpose? Jesus' purpose was to come and rescue us. He comes into our world to rescue us from sin and to change our hearts. And unless our hearts are changed, we will not be sensitive to the calling of Christ. And so we need rescuing. We need rescuing. And so the Bible says that our hearts are deceitful above all things who can trust it. How many of you know, like me, I can just, my heart, I'm emotional. I, I, you know, I just don't trust it sometimes, right? And that's why we need the Lord. That's why we need the discerning heart of the Holy Spirit to help us discern all these things so that we don't chase things that aren't of God. You see, we needed a Savior to fix our brokenness because of our sin and our waywardness. And so Jesus gives us this new heart. He makes us a new creation. What he does is he changes our lives and gives us this new purpose. So the calling of a follower of Jesus Christ is more than just sitting and listening Jesus didn't say go and make disciples and just have them sit in a church pew the rest of their life. That's not our calling. It's great that we can come together and worship and learn, but that's not ultimately our calling. It's about, it's about going and sharing the message that Jesus has, has given us. And I love all the different creative ways that missionaries, whether it's through the Bartels and Free International or those that are going to Muslim countries, I love how God uses our gifts. And then he, he allows us to go into the world and use those gifts for him to allow Christ to be glorified. It's more than just knowing about Jesus. It's about allowing him to change your heart to hear what he wants us to hear. So hearing from missionaries and going on missions trips has really helped me personally to get a different perspective of what missions is about. And listening to missionaries and, and listening to the call that Christ has given the church, it's helped me to realize that my life has to be an everyday mission. And I forget that sometimes because I get so self-absorbed. Are you like me sometimes? You just We get self-absorbed in our own lives and all the craziness that's going around us. And we tend to forget, wait a minute, pardon, God has a call on your life. No matter what's going on around us, the gospel is powerful enough to continue to save people and change their lives. I have to be reminded of that, and that's why I believe Jesus' calling to his disciples was clear. 
The mandate is clear. The essential message is clear to go and make disciples. Preach the message, the gospel message that Jesus saves. And so what is missions and and why is it a core value of our church? And why should we even care? Um, Why do we support missionaries stateside and and around the world? Here's, Here's the reason why. Missions is not necessarily about a destination, but it's about a call. It's not necessarily where you go, and it's great that people are called all over the world. It's about a calling. Because I think what we tend to do is we relegate that to those that are called around the world, and then it gets, off, that gets us off the hook, right? But that, not so fast. You're not off the hook. Because Jesus calls all of us on mission. He calls us, each and every one of us. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you through the, the Apostle Paul's words how each and every one of us are called, that none of us get off the hook here. See, missions is about God working through us. What happens is, is the message of Christ allows us to see people differently. How should we see people? People are not our enemy. It's a life that Jesus died for. And I'm going to just lay this out for you because Paul does such a great job laying this out for the church in Corinth, telling them what their job is, what their purpose is, what they're, what they're supposed to be doing with their life in Christ now. And I want you to hear the words of Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Listen to what Paul says. And this, this, you wouldn't necessarily think, well, this message is all about missions, but this, this word, these verses are all about missions. This is what Paul is saying. This is your life now in Christ Jesus. Don't get sidetracked. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. Listen, listen to what Paul says here. He says, either way, Christ's love controls us. Christ's love, his love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, They will live for Christ who died and who was raised for them. And I love what he says here, verse 16. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Boy, I wish I could just preach a whole sermon just on that verse right there. It's so good. Here's the reason why. Paul says you have different eyes now. You have a different perspective now. Christ has changed you. You're not seeing the world the way you used to see it. The way you used to see it is everybody irritated you. The way you used to see it, this person got in my way, and if you don't get out of my way, there's going to be problems, right? That's the way we used to see it. We can't see it that way any longer as followers of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we've died to ourself. We no longer live for ourselves. So he says, we stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. And at one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. Listen to what he says about them now as they're followers of Jesus Christ. How differently we know him now. Because he's changed our hearts. He's changed the way we looked at our life. He changes the way you live your life. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. He says, and all of this is a gift from God. You didn't earn it, deserve it, merit it. It's a gift from God through his grace who brought us back to himself through Christ and God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. See, here's our purpose. He says, oh, 
Let me tell you what your calling is. It's not for the varsity team. It's not for a select few that, that, that do, do full-time missionary work. He's saying he's called every single one of us to reconcile people back to him. That is a huge responsibility now, now church. We have an obligation to represent Christ in the correct manner. Listen to what he says. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. So God sent Jesus in the world to reconcile us back to God. Our relationship was, was broken because of our sin. So Jesus came as that peace offering by giving his very life for our sins so that we could now have a right relationship with God. There was no other way our lives could become right before God in our own strength, our own power, our own goodness. We needed someone to rectify that, and that was Jesus Christ. And so no longer are no longer our sins count against us, and now he's given us this wonderful message of reconciliation. We have this wonderful message that we can now bring to people. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. That word reconciliation in the Greek means restoration to divine favor. Our jobs as ambassadors are to represent the one who's sending us correctly. If an ambassador does not represent the one who's sending them correctly, guess what? They're not going to have that job much longer. So, it's, listen. Oh, okay. Listen, I'm so excited. I got about three hours sleep last night. I'm so pumped up from last night, but I'm, I'm, I'm making it. Go Bills. But anyways, so listen, listen, listen. You knew I was going to slip that in. You knew I was going to get in quick. I got to get in quick. But listen, here, here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. When we follow Christ and we become his ambassadors, we die to ourselves. And our will and our ambition now becomes his. So he says, are you representing me correctly? If you're going to represent me correctly, then you're not going to see people as a bunch of issues and problems and the enemy. You're going to see them as someone that I've died for because if I died for you, then your, chart, your heart has changed. Your view of this world has changed so that you now have my heart and my ambition and my will because you are no longer living for yourself. And listen, for those of you who think that I'm going to give too much up because, man, Pastor, if I became a Christian and I'd have to give all that stuff, you, you have no idea of my life. You don't know my family. It's just dysfunctional and all these problems. And you just, you just don't know, Pastor, if I had to do that, there, there's no way. But here, here's the glorious thing about this. When we do give up our lives, we get it back again. It, it becomes much more glorious because now my purpose becomes his purpose. Christ allows me to forgive because I understand the forgiveness that he has given me. And so Paul says we are this ambassador. Paul tells us that the love of Christ compels us to want to share the love of Christ with others. Jesus doesn't get us into a headlock and say, okay, now you've got to love everybody. And here's the thing I want you to see. When you truly understand the power of the gospel message that has forgiven you, you will begin to love your enemy as Jesus called us to do. Does that mean I like what they do? Absolutely not. But we're called to love. We're called to love. 
And when you are able to pray for those, isn't it much easier to pray for those who love you? Isn't it much easier to pray for those who are all on your side and agree with all your, your, your viewpoints? Much easier, isn't it? But when someone comes against you and doesn't agree with you, or you have that family member that you've been in disagreement with for so many years, and God calls us to love them, here's my challenge to you. Start praying for them. And it's going to be hard. And I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. But you start praying for them because what God is going to do, and I know what your prayer is going to be. God changed them. They're horrible. They're terrible. And you don't know what they did to me, God. Right? That's not the right prayer, okay? God knows that, okay? Um, when you begin to pray, you begin to pray this way. God changed my heart so I can see through your eyes because I can't do it in my own strength. That's how you pray. And you watch how God changes you. And you watch how God molds you into, in the, into the ambassador that he desires you to be. So what changes in my life when I understand this call of mission? I now understand the lengths and the depths of Jesus' love for me and what he's done to reach us. And so what Christ does is he compels us because we understand he died and gave everything for us through his very life. Jesus changes our heart, our direction. We don't live for ourselves. And now we, we live for Christ. It's not that we have to. It's because we get to. I love this, this quote by David Livingstone. He was a Scottish missionary medical doctor to Africa, one of the, the first Europeans to go all the way through Africa in the 1800s. And um, he said this. He said, if a commission by an earthly king is considered an honor, how can a commission by a heavenly king be considered a sacrifice? See, when we understand that serving Christ is a privilege, not this obligation that I have to do it, right? Because when you understand the lengths and the depths that Jesus did for you and I to reach us in our sinful state, then it becomes an honor and a privilege to serve Jesus, not an obligation. You see, our mission is about reconciliation. We're helping others to know God and the forgiveness he offers. How am I representing that love and forgiveness in my heart to the world? If I'm the go-between, if I'm the ambassador, what does my life look like as I'm representing Christ to the world? We all need, and listen, we've all blown that, haven't we? Me included, right? Haven't we all blown it one time or another? We're like, probably wasn't the best witness there, right? We've all done it. We need to ask for forgiveness. We need to humble ourselves, right, to other people that said, listen, I blew it there. I lost my cool. Would you, would you forgive me? We've all had to go there. And I think, that's a great, I think that's a great witness to Christ when we're able to admit when we're wrong and humble ourselves and ask for forgiveness. That's a good witness for Jesus because he humbles us to do that. How are we representing him? And so what we are to do as Christ's ambassadors is we are to straighten out or to help people to be reconciled back into a right relationship with God. I remember some years ago I was playing um, basketball and this pinky finger got hit by a basketball and it went this way. So it looked like this. It was so gross. So I'm like, you know, you got these big burly basketball players out there, right? And I'm like, listen, I need someone to, my finger's totally dislocated. Someone's got to pull it back into its socket. I mean, someone's got to pull it. And these big burly guys are like, you know, they're in the corner in a fetal position sucking their thumbs. They're so afraid. And this little nine-year-old girl comes up 
No, I'm just teasing. I, I'm just, I just want to see you guys are listening. Uh, she probably would have to show up all these guys. Finally, one guy goes, guys, someone's got to, I mean, I want to still play. I'm ready to play, man. Let's, let's keep doing this. And so one guy finally come and, and took my dis, dislocated pinky and put it back straight again. And it's good now. It took about, it's good. It's, 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 it's working. It's, it's, I stink at basketball, but it's, it's working. Um, here's the thing. It was out of joint. It was dislocated. I needed someone to stri- I, I needed someone to do it because I would have probably passed out if I did it myself. So I needed someone to do it. That's what we're called to do. We're called with this message to help people who are dislocated from God because of their sin and to give them that wonderful message that Jesus came to make our relationship right with God again. And so we help restore others to a right relationship with God by sharing this wonderful message of hope, by serving them, by going into areas to reach those that are caught in the human trafficking industry and serving them and loving them with Christ and by loving them and serving them and giving them a place to stay and live, we have this wonderful opportunity to share Christ's love with them and show them the way back to God. So my question to you is this, how can we live this message in our everyday lives? How can I take this, because sometimes we think missions is so far away, and, and I love as a church, we go on missions trips, and many of you have been on missions trips with us, and, and I, I love that, and I love that we give to missions. But how do we make it an everyday thing so we don't lose perspective? How do we make this an everyday thing? I love what Jesus says in Matthew 5, 9. He says, listen, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. That's what, as ambassadors, that's what we're doing, aren't we? We are giving the message of Christ so that one whose relationship was broken with God can now find forgiveness of their sin and be at peace with God to be rectified with God once again. God calls us to be peacemakers above everything else. The gospel message needs to be paramount over everything else. I want you to look at your world. I want you to look at your neighbor. I don't care what political sign they have in their front yard or not. Don't look at them and say, nope. The gospel message has to be paramount over all of that. And saying that's a person, even though I may not agree with them, My political views are way down here. (laughs) And my view of Christ has to be way up here, beyond all of that, so that we can reach them. I got a little crazy there, I'm sorry. (laughs) People online are probably going, what is going on with pastor? I'm telling you, three hours of sleep last night. Above all of that, above all of that, paramount above all of that. And make sure that we're representing Christ the way he wants us to represent him. That's what it means to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ. So what do I do? Well, as an ambassador of Jesus Christ that's on mission every day, I'm guarding my heart and my thoughts. How am I representing you to the world? Am I getting hung up on things that really don't matter? Am I a forgiving person? Am I allowing forgiveness to flow from my life? Are you taking careful consideration on the way people see your life and the way you represent your life? When someone ruffles your feathers, do you guard your tongue and your actions? And listen, we've all blown it here, but how do I deal with that? Do I humble myself? Do I ask for forgiveness? At the end of the day, how do we see people? 
at the end of the day, is the gospel message the thing that's leading my life? Am I praying for people? Am I allowing Christ to humble myself? Am I allowing Christ to cultivate my heart and give me a sensitivity for those that are all around me? And we do that by humbling ourselves and serving one another. So my prayer for you, church, is this, and for my life too. I remember, um, you know, years ago, I, I run around our, our jog around our, so it's really a fast walk, but I, I say it's a jog. But I jog around our, our, our neighborhood. And um, I remember one time, years ago, I used to jog, and I used to pray for every, every single house, just pray for everybody in our neighborhood. And I used to jog and just say, oh, God, just touch that house, that house. And then after a while, I, you know, you do, how, how many of you do something for a while and you just kind of forget? And after like a year, I'm like, I'm jogging, I'm listening to my podcast, and you know, it's my time I listen to a lot of podcasts and other sermons and stuff. And, and all of a sudden, it's like, it was the Lord that just, just spoke to my heart and said, Martin, when did you stop praying for everybody? They still need prayer. And I felt like getting right in the middle of the road and just getting on my knees and asking God for forgiveness because we all get that way in our lives, don't we? We all get that way in our spiritual lives where it's so easy to get sidetracked off of things that really don't matter in the long run. Because really in the long run, it doesn't matter whether I ran two miles or walked it or three miles. What really matters in the long run are all those people that live in my, in my sphere of influence. That's what really matters. And I'm so glad that the Lord spoke to my heart and corrected me there because I know he loves me. He loves me. Being able to go on so many missions trips, you're able to meet so many different missionaries. I'm so thankful for that, of all the missions trips that I've been on overseas and been able to take many of you on those missions trips. And there was one missionary that probably impacted my life more than others. His name is John Ramos. I got a picture of, of John and I. John's making fun of me right there because he could never, he couldn't, he goes, will you slow down? I can't interpret anything you're saying. So he would always make fun of me. John's from New York City. He's, he's like runs, he, he ran those mission trips like a boot camp. It was great. I love John. And um, John, John passed away a couple years ago from cancer. John had such a heart for the country of Guatemala. And we were able to go there many, many years. And where we're standing is a Bible college. And John had a heart to train up leaders, and to train up pastors, national pastors, to reach Guatemala with the message of Christ. And before John died, he was able to see to completion. And his wife now is a missionary in Belize, so she's still carrying on the work of the Ramos family. But um, one of the things John taught me is this. He taught me about how much he cared about the people of Guatemala. And he was very careful with our team not to misrepresent Christ to them. He goes, I know you don't mean to do some things, but there's some things you do in your culture that will offend people. So he goes, I'm just going to, you know, he was really tough on us, which was good. It was, it was really good because he cared about them. Because he says, you're going to leave after a week and I'm still here. Right? <laughs> Cleaning up all your messes and all Barden's bad brick lane skills, right? So I know I laid brick and then he'd come back a week later and fix the whole thing. I know that's what he did. He just wanted to make me feel good, like I felt like I added to the trip or something. Um, and so the thing that John taught me is, is, is how much he cared for the, those people. And I remember he, um, I had the privilege of going with him. He said, he, he goes, Barden, would you come into the village with me? 
And what we would do in front of the Bible college, we had a big grassy open area. And in the afternoons, we'd have services for the families in the area. So we would do, we'd hold up a sheet and they would do puppet shows for the kids and we'd share the gospel message. He goes, there's a sick child in the village and the mother doesn't have access to medical care. So I want to, I want to bring her medical care, but would you come down and and pray for this little baby. She's about two years old. So I said, sure. So I go, John, I'm just going to watch. I'll pray, but I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, he goes, no, that's fine. I just want you to come and see this family because they're just precious. He came down to the mom. was just holding her two-year-old. She was so sick. She had a terrible cold and a cough. And, and John just laid hands on her. The mom laid, hand her and laid hands on her. And they just believed for God's healing. And I sat there and saw how much John loved this family and the people of Guatemala. And he prayed and we gave them some medication. It was in the morning. We went back to the Bible college to finish our work, and we had the service in that afternoon. And um, that afternoon, we had the service for the families and the kids. And John came up to me and goes, Hey, Barton, look over there. And I said, What? He goes, There's the mom with the baby. <laughs> She's doing better. I'm like, Why don't I have that kind of faith? You know, I don't know. And, and the baby was doing better. And he was just so excited. And, and the mom was so grateful that John came to her home and cared enough to, to pray. And what, what John taught me is it's about people. It's about my neighbors. It's about the person that irritates you. It's about the family member you're not getting along with today. That's missions, people. If you can, if you can get that, if you can understand that's your life mission, it'll change the way you live your lives every single day. So I need that correction every single day in my heart. That Barden, remember what you're called to. Don't forget that you're called to people. And people are messy, aren't they? Aren't we all just a mess? We all are. We're just messy people. But that's what makes it so beautiful because Jesus came for messy people. Broken people. Sinful people. We're all sinful. He still came. God demonstrates his love towards us that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. He didn't die for good people. He didn't die for all the people that you like, that you get along with. He died for sinful people, which you and I are one of them. May our lives be called to missions everywhere we go. Amen. I love you, church. I hope you still love me after this. <laughs> but I love you, church. And I'm praying for you and our church because I believe if we stay on mission, we will not divide. We will stay on course. And God will unify us as a body so that we stay the course no matter what in the world is going on around us. That's the message that Jesus gives us to go, make disciples. Paul tells us, love people. You gave up your old way. Now live for Christ and be an ambassador that he's called you to be. Amen. Father God, I just thank you for your word today. 
Lord, I just pray for our church. I pray, Lord, for the church in general, the church that follows you, followers of Jesus Christ, that we wouldn't lose our way. God, I thank you for those that are watching online, for those that are here today in person. God, you know their lives. You know what they're struggling with. You know where, what battles they're dealing with. God, I pray that you would realign us to your message and to people and never forget that. I thank you that even the song we're going to sing today is you are so good, you take care of us. Allow the mercy and your goodness that flows into our life as we just get ready to express that to you. I pray that we would take your love and mercy and that we would express it to others, all those around us, God. So I thank you, Jesus, for giving us, like Paul said, the wonderful message of reconciliation. Help us to be your ambassadors in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Would you stand with me? and?